All right, Inappropriate Earl is back. It's been a busy week. We had uh, the great Greg Roquet on talking about roast battles, stand-up comedy. I did a little solo podcast yesterday about the Mayweather uh, McGregor fight, which I think uh, the over-under and the race riot in the ring will be, uh, I don't know, about four rounds in when one of uh, McGregor's crew calls uh, one of Mayweather's crew. Uh, well, you can guess they're Irish. Um, and now we have, you know, I get a lot of complaints on this podcast. Hey, Earl, all you do is talk about stand-up. All you do is talk about roast battle. You have these 80s musicians on that nobody cares about. Uh, well, they've accomplished a lot more than you guys, so deal with it. But today... I have a man on the show. He's never done a roast battle. He's never played in Rat or Bon Jovi. He's never... Uh, well, I don't know if he's never done stand-up. I got kicked out of the Groundlings. He succeeded in the Groundlings. And I thought he was the hidden gem of the Showtime show that I was on as Al Sims, a bitter late-night comic. Boy, did they cast that well. He was Sully on I'm Dying Up Here. Put your hands together for Mr. Stephen Garino. Perfect pronunciation. Hi. <laughs> very, very Paul Lynn of you. <laughs> I always ask young gay people if they know who Paul Lind is, and most of them do not. Isn't that sad? You know, I grew up... This podcast is about you, not me. But, but I'm here very, we are. <laughs> I'm very gay friendly. You certainly are. You live in the gayest uh, triangle. Do people know about Norma Triangle? Do you know the actual... Well, I mean, I, I, I my history in West Hollywood is yeah, deep. It's deep. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, it's balls deep. You're, uh, you're, you're, you're. Uh, I would say your neighborhood is gay. Your apartment complex is gay, but your couch is not gay. Oh, this couch is like an '80s cum fest of straight sadness. Oh, trust. There's me. so many remotes, guys, and there's so many bad pillows. A lot of people have left <laughs> this couch happy. This, this couch is a nightmare. Now. <laughs> we only had one scene together, and it was the kitchen scene when uh, the money uh, conversation. Yeah, about uh, you know Goldie uh, just giving it to us about how who she's made into stars, and you and I were next to each other. We, we didn't. Uh, yeah, when she's doing the headshots, right? Yeah, uh, this Carson, Carson, what, Carson, Carson. Yeah, wasn't that, was that a that was a thrilling together. scene? It is a great scene. I'm regretful that we didn't have more scenes together. Well, yeah, me too. Because, uh, you know, I think in between takes, I was just telling you about my steam room stories at the various gyms I go to. That's right. And I, I kept saying to you, please stop talking to me. I need to prepare. Right. Because I'm like nine on the call list and you were... 80 seconds 80 second, yeah. completely honest. So really, like you talking to me in general was already kind of awkward. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, so... I have no bones about yeah. my pecking order. But we had the same size uh, trailer, so let's not pretend. But I really, uh, you and I came to this show through different vehicles, which is the first angle I want to explore with you. Yeah. I came to this show through, uh, they saw me at Roast Battle. Then I think uh, Michael, one of the producers, Aguilar, mm -hmm. seen me uh, doing stand-up. Uh, how did you get involved in the show? Because have you ever done stand-up? I've done it a handful of times and only Aaron Foley shows. You know Aaron Foley? I've done the Improv, the Gays Are Us. I've done cruise ships. Nothing more than 10 minutes. Akbar. So in no way do I call myself a stand-up, but I have some experience in it. And I came through it a totally different way than you, uh, which is I didn't know anybody in the stand-up world. I didn't know anyone in the drama world. And uh, 
The only reason I was there is because Tiffany Canfield, the casting director, had moved here from New York and she had, for the last 10 years, been casting me in theater. So she brought me in, which was uh, on my request. I don't know if you know that because I was coaching a girl on the part of Cassie. And I said, what is this script? Send me the whole script. And I read the script and I said, oh, I have to fucking get in for this thing. So I made a call to the office and said, will you see me for Sully? And they said, no, we'll see you for Arnie, which the part John Daly played. Oh, wow. And John Daly was called in for Sully. And he said, will you read me for Arnie? Because we both felt we were right for the other parts. But I originally auditioned for Arnie. And in the end of my audition, I said, please, please consider me for Sully. And then I think I tested for Arnie and then went back and started auditioning for Sully. Because so many of your scenes I resonated with. When, like, when you had to cut your hair and get a real oh, job. Isn't that terrible? But I, I know so many people who had to do that. They had long hair. They were funny comics and it wasn't happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, they had I, to get a real job. I think I've learned the uh, sadness in the comedy world. The stand-up world is the deepest I know. There's sadness in the music theater world, not so sad. There's sadness in the network comedy world, but really not too sad. But when it gets sad in the stand-up world, it's scary. Well, I mean, I've probably known in the 18 years of doing comedy, uh, anywhere from five to 10 people who committed suicide. That's unbelievable. Because it's not, you know, actors get rejected with an audition, you know. Yeah. Comics get rejected on stage, and then the next day at an audition. So Absolutely. Like double. Because when you audition, you're like, you know, the part goes to the right person. It, it's not because you did a bad job. It's just, it's m- matching right. And stand-up is just you, and that's your bare soul. And if people don't like it, it really hurts. Bombing at stand-up, when I have bombed, has felt so bad that that it's so hard to go back and do it again. Because, like, if, if you're in a band and you're, you're not doing well, you can look behind you and blame the drummer. Right. You know, stand-up. Unless you're Phil Collins. Then. Right. Oh, thank you very much, Phil Collins. <laughs> A little overmatched at Live Aid in 86 when he was trying to drum with the great dearly departed Tony Thompson. I don't know all that. With Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin came back. How, oh, when were you G- born? Genesis, Seven, 75. So 75, I was 75, so I remember Genesis. Well, 1986, Led Zeppelin reunited for Live Aid and uh, they brought in Tony Thompson, who's a very, very famous uh, drummer from Chic. It was a disco group. Oh. And uh, they had brought in Phil Collins to play too. And Phil Collins is a great drummer, no yeah, doubt about yeah. it. But he, I don't. He, Tony Thompson's like a little more powerful, and uh, Phil Collins at one point was looking at him, going, "I can't play like this. Like I'm Phil Collins." So what, <laughs> what is this? A music podcast <laughs> talking about a, a concert from 30 years ago? Uh, so did you? Uh, Go to like the comedy store or the improv laugh factory to like go, okay, let me watch Eric Griffin and Santino and get a vibe for the show. Uh, Not previous to it. I think I had been in a million comedy clubs and certainly the improv enough to uh, be able to audition. I didn't didn't go to the comedy store until we went as a group after uh, while shooting the pilot. Then we all went and we went, Al, Al hosted us, Madrigal, and we really got the inside tour. And now, because, God bless them, because I was on the show, they just treat me like a fucking prince there. They're so sweet to me. The staff is so nice. They're all aware I'm on the show and they walk me around, they give me free drinks. And I, I, I have never been there as a civilian. So I feel like a king when I'm there. I love it so much. And I've been back probably 20 times since. 
Well, I've never seen you there, and I regret yeah. that we haven't mm-hmm. bonded. Well, I mostly go to see Justin Martindale. Who I love. Yeah, or Santino. I've never seen Eric do it, and uh, I haven't seen Al do it yet. Although, I saw Al, uh, he judged uh, a dance competition I saw. Which is a, like a dance version of a roast battle. Correct. Like, uh, it's Justine Marino's show. Oh, I love her. Je- oh, she's the best. Justin Martindale is like the... Uh, it's the Simon Cowell of the show. Yes, of course. And uh, it's a great show. I think it's every other Tuesday. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, roast. But I saw you do Roast Battle and win. I mean, you know, it's not really, uh, it's got me on Showtime. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not an actor. I think you could tell. Uh, I think you have, have have to redefine what you think acting is because you are as much an actor as anybody on the show and you're fantastic. So much, so much of entertainment is personality based now. And I don't think if you query yourself about being a transformative kind of actor, that's irrelevant. Well, if you're just yourself to an extreme, you can work all the time. Absolutely. Like uh, like my favorite actor of all time, and I, I doubt many people say this. <laughs> I, if it's Christopher Walken, I'm burning this couch. He's awesome. No, okay. no, it is. You might know him. Straight guys love Christopher Walken. I don't get it. But I, I had no idea this actor was gay. Oh. Don't care. John Glover. Oh, Yeah. Oh, the best. I just, he's, that's an actor to me. Like, Ugh. he did a movie with Roy Scheider that I'm obsessed with. And it, it pains me that this movie did not do well at the box office because I think it was his starring. Yeah, which one? Uh, called 52 Pickup. I didn't see it. Great mm-hmm. movie. Uh, Anne Margaret, mm-hmm. uh, Roy Scheider. Uh, they're married. John Glover's blackmailing them. Uh, John Travolta's wife was, the, was this prostitute. Uh, it was just a great cast. Uh, and it was just done by Canon Films. And it just didn't, you know, a year later, Fatal Attraction came out. And it was just, wow. it was over, Johnny. I so, don't know if the world knows John Glover's gay, but now they do because you're a podcast. Oh. <laughs> you know what? He freely walks around Fire Island. I've seen him at the Meat Rack. Do you know what the Meat Rack is? Um, you know, I'm more familiar with the gay establishments out here. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, in New York on Fire Island, there's a Pines and Cherry Grove, and then in between it's called the Meat Rack. It's just a wooded area I've seen in there. But oh. I'll tell you, I really lucked out once. My friend John Tolens, who's a playwright, wrote uh, an amazing play that went off Broadway, and they did an initial run here in the back of an antique store on Beverly Boulevard, and I showed up blindly one night to see it, and it was a two-person show with John Glover. And a woman whose name I'm is I'm forgetting at the moment, and it was a fucking masterpiece. He's awesome. I mean, that's an actor to me. He's like, great. Uh, he's so good. Any movie he's in is good. Like he was even good in like fucking Gremlins too. Yeah. You know, it's like Gene Hackman. I always say you could put Gene Hackman in Porky's Four, right. and he'd win an Oscar. Uh, <laughs> so John Glover, if you're out there listening, I'd like to do a, you know a podcast with you, and that's my dog throwing up on the carpet. <laughs> Um, but I like you were so believable as a stand-up. Like that's acting to me. Oh, thank you. Um, and then Eric Griffin and, and Al and Santino, Ari was great. Jake Lacey, I fell in love with. Like yeah. not in a totally in a straight, totally way. straight, just a bromance. Yeah, no homo. Hey, listen, Do they still gay, say that? Straight, whatever, whatever, babe. I they mean, have they're real bisexuals now. It's 2017. They even, actually exist. Trisexuals. Trisexuals. Caitlyn Jenner, fine. Anything goes. Uh, now, that leads me into another question. Uh, being a gay man. Yeah. Do you, when you walk into a casting, like on I'm Dying Up Here, you played a married man, just had a kid. I mean, I swear I'm not trying to be funny, but do you 
trying to act straight or like yes 100 percent. but how do you like well act straight i can tell you the because the uh, it's not even that in real life i'm that queenie you know what i mean well, i don't know or, about that no, <laughs> but i will tell you i have an audition energy that's very queenie i've had 10 or 15 years of booking auditions because i put on the extra enthusiasm that you expect from a gay man because I'm 90% was going out for gay parts. Does that make sense? Right. So I kind of come in with a sort of a flourish and I can, I'm the sort of person that can call a casting director, a cunt and get away with it. You know what I mean? Like right. to her face. I'll be like, bitch, let's do this cunt. I already booked it. If you're straight, you couldn't do that. So there's kind of a confidence about being gay and dismissive that has a charm about it that I have to eliminate from my auditions, which sucks because it's really my trick bag. On, on ways to break, you know, break the ice in auditions. So I have to, I, I don't think it's about acting straight in the character as much as it's acting straight in the audition. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, one of my favorite songwriters, he's probably my favorite songwriter. Mm -hmm. uh, he's written a lot of hits for Bon Jovi, Kiss, Aerosmith, the great, lovely, and talented Desmond Child. Oh, don't know. Oh, uh, you have many CDs that this guy's written on. Uh, he did a, a video for Love on a Rooftop where he had to kiss a girl. Yeah. And to me, knowing he was gay, it wasn't believable. Like, uh, it was just like, oh, dude. I mean, he looks so uncomfortable. Right, this right. Girl. Like, and it, there was a few scenes in I'm Dying up here where you had to kiss your wife. You know, like, do you, uh, like, how, how does that work? Like, well, I have slept with seven women. Oh, well, so let's get into I'm doing that. better than most men, straight well, men, right? So, uh, <laughs> of the men I know, absolutely. Okay, so I'm no stranger to having sex with women or how to touch women, and kissing them is vile to me because there's like several layers of Vaseline and lipstick on their very small mouths. That's I don't. Hot. Is it? And then there's that sort of white rain hairspray scent that comes around the ears. Oh, what a nightmare! Oh, oh, disgusting. We might All have to it. put this on pause. <laughs> So none of that's a problem. I did at one point, um, uh, Brianne Howie that was playing um, Kay, she uh, she kind of, she did at one point say, you're kind of grabbing me by the shoulder. Uh, maybe the small of my back would be oh. a little more alluring. So I thought that was funny at one point, but stuff like that, I've, I've never had a problem with. Um, uh, the, I, I would say from that experience, I was sort of, I was prepared to go into the audition experience and have to prove myself to everybody. Nobody cared. Nobody knew. I thought it was, I was most upset because I thought I was very gamous. You know what I mean? I had so, no idea yeah. you were gay. I can't, that's what the makeup people said. I couldn't believe it. I've been out gay and known for being gay for so long. And since I guess 15, right? Well, since I was 15 and also the parts I've played that I'm moderately known for are fucking gay. Because so, you're big, your biggest, uh, I don't want to say biggest thing you've done, but you, your first prominent thing was the big gay sketch show. Big gay sketch show, which to gay people, that had me, Kate McKinnon from SNL, uh, um, Johnny McGovern, Julie Goldman. Uh, these are just like the gayest of the gays. Like we were all little gay celebrities back then. And Billy Eichner was our head writer and Scott King and Rosie O'Donnell. And we, we felt very like we were taking a big step out of the closet. Um, so I just assumed that they thought I was gay and they would have to wrap their brains around it. They didn't know. It didn't matter. The only person that seemed to know was the casting director. And that's where my problem is. It's getting casting directors to see me for roles right. like that. That's really the step. Not with the producers or people casting me. 
Now, on the opposite end of the the spectrum, like when you're going out for a gay role, yeah, <laughs> does it almost hurt you being gay? Like, like, does it serve me? Does it hurt you? Like, do you have to be like, okay, now I have to act overly gay, or? or? Oh, I e, the answer to that. Um, nowadays, I think you want to not push the gayness. They're looking for the more milk toast real gay you mean harvey milk toast <laughs> that's right i know my history hey oh the but the nowadays they want to sort of just blend into the scene gay right and i'm sort of more from that late 90s early 2000s still kind of playing the stereotype thing right which is a fun great bread and butter way to live i don't mind it i don't hate it but uh y- you still have to you still have to kind of turn it on a bit you know i mean you're still competing with 40 other gay actors you know what I mean? Right. Gay comedians. I go up against the same people all the time. So you still have to sort of turn it on. But, you know, nowadays nobody cares. And now they don't want the sort of like 40 year old gay white guy anymore. Because well, when it's I was come to an end. I mean, yeah. Like when I was a kid, it was completely opposite. Uh, if you were gay, you had to kind of keep it under wraps. Like right. I really had no idea Paul Lynn was gay. Right. Yeah. It just didn't occur to you. Looking. Yeah. I mean, like. Oh, was, God. And you watch any 80s sitcom now. You're like, oh, everyone's gay. Yeah. Jim J. Bullock. Oh, yeah. They're all just these amazingly over-the-top gay guys. I was watching this old clip of the Paul Lynn show where he interviewed the band Kiss. Yeah. And I'm a huge Kiss fan. And looking back now, he was so over-the-top gay. He's like, I know how you guys met. You guys all met. You got into a fight and said, let's kiss and make up. And he did that gay laugh, it, yeah. and like none of them laughed, and it was just like, "Wow, oh, okay, I get it now." Yeah, it's a. Uh, was there a gay icon you had growing up? Um, uh, not, not really. That's like, a good, that's a. I can't believe I've never been asked that question. Well, I like to probe. Uh, yeah, an appropriate Earl. <laughs> like my yeah like you're a thoughtful man i would mm. i try and be yeah yeah you, you know like i, I said i don't are. prepare any questions yes it's lovely uh you know i mean i met rupaul the other day and it was oh. a religious experience oh yeah he's been around here a lot lately right he lives down on um orlando i think oh, oh okay yeah, yeah two Earth. houses behind okay <laughs> Well, his production <laughs> offices for uh i guess his show is uh well, well i don't yeah by the abbey yeah, I'm outing where that's, uh, but no, he was uh, sitting at the Grove in a suit. Mm. And now this is a serious question for you. Uh, and I, I, you know, he's so recognizable. I, I literally, I'm around right. celebrities every night. I, I know you are too. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. Even at the I'm Dying Up Here premiere, you know, celebrities everywhere. I wasn't shell shocked at all. Him, I stopped dead in my tracks. Wow. What is it? We caught a moment with each other. Oh. I walked over to him. You are his type. I said, <laughs> tall. I'm a big fan. And he reached out, grabbed my hand. He didn't say it. He just mouthed it. God bless you, my son. <laughs> and then he walked off. Mama Roo. But when he's dressed as a man, yeah. Uh, if I said, hey, dude, would he be offended? Or is it like, is it only no. when he's in a uh, costume is he you mean terminology like is it was it rude if i would have said hey dude i'm a big fan if he's dressed as a man 
I think dude would appropriate. He's not trans, so he doesn't identify as a woman. Okay. So he's just RuPaul. Uh, so he's a man, a dude, a he. Even when he's in drag, you can say he. I don't think I would if he was in drag. Sure. You could playfully say she if they're in drag. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, but you wouldn't say she uh, like to a drag queen out of respect. Right. You're just saying she for the fun if they're in drag. If they're trans, you would say she happily. Oh, okay, makes sense? I'm confused. Yeah. You live on Larrabee for 18 years. You can, if you're in drag, you can call them by their first name, their boy name, he or she. They'll take it all. But like he, I guess, would be the the, the gay icon of, of today. Like, yeah, he's our biggest gay star um, now. You know, back yeah. then it was uh, maybe Paul Lynn. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Jim J. Bullock was a gay icon. He was big. Yeah, he was big. Uh, Rock Hudson. Yeah. I mean, look at the the dad from uh, the Brady Bunch. Yeah, totally. Who knew? It's so wild. I love it. And they get to be such queens back then, but for some reason it all sort of didn't matter. They were caricatures. We don't see them having sex. You know what I mean? We didn't even see Will and Grace, uh, Sean Hayes, or, you know, we don't really see them in sexual situations. I mean, the the singer from Judas Priest, I'm, I'm a huge fan of theirs. Was he gay? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Rob Halford. I always love how people love Queen, and I'm like, what? So gay! Well, I mean, there I had a good indicator. <laughs> But they loved him. And he was such a badass to people, right? I mean, that mustache. Oh, God. He was the gayest. Was uh, was pretty gay. But then, to be completely honest with you, one of my favorite groups, other than Kiss when I was a child, was the Village People. Yeah. Really? And only one of them was gay in real life. Mm-hmm. And the acting coach of those other five was on point. The only one of them was gay? That's what I... Randy? Uh, I read of their... Uh, I saw a documentary. I didn't read it. Oh. And uh, I think it was the guy who... Uh, was the know, cowboy passed away uh oh is the leather man oh leather man glenn hughes only i know Got all it. their names i think some of your stats are wrong on that but um i'm just saying what i heard in the documentary yeah gay straight i still like their music <laughs> thank thank you uh-huh. giorgio marauder for just making a gay super group <laughs> but looking back it's like oh yeah these are kind of gay stereotypes well the answer to the stereotype thing in a nutshell is there came a time when there was so much of that on tv that it was to your benefit to be gay so i got right in there at that time 98 is right when they started wanting gay receptionists gay assistants and now we are full-fledged in everything so you can make a career being an openly gay personality like queerest folk yeah it's big uh well queerest folk didn't do farewell with the gay community itself. Why and, not? Well, most of the actors in it were straight and Hal Sparks and the brand, they were all straight and it just didn't, it didn't have the sort of raw honesty that the British version did. Right. So it was a b- big hit with 30 year old women, but it didn't really transfer into the gay culture. And what us. about uh queer eye for a straight guy? No, that's all for straight people. Almost okay. all of it's for straight people. I mean, listen, I'll be honest with you. The <laughs> only reason I watch RuPaul uh, is because I love Santino Rice. I wish he was back in the fold, but... You love it because he has the similar um, uh, drawl. Yeah, deep voice. <laughs> I, I, I love the cattiness. Yeah. You know, um, he blocked me on Twitter. Did he? Uh, for a few Oh, months. that's too bad because his last tweet was great. It was 110 days of being on a juice cleanse. Right. I'm exhausted or something. <laughs> well, he, he re-established uh, me into the fold. Yeah. Because uh, I put out a harmless tweet. Uh, there was one episode where he was being really dicky to the contestants on uh, uh-huh. Drag Race. And I he had this really bizarre outfit on where he had like a fedora mm-hmm. and a scarf. And he looked like Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
And I said, how could you judge other people's looks dressed like Obi-Wan? Oh, yeah, of course. And I meant it. I'm a yeah. huge fan. Like, I, And I guess there's a lot of trolls on Twitter. So. And he blocked you? for for Just for a few months. Oh, doesn't he understand that's good kind of tweeting? I mean, I try not to be disrespectful. Well. I mean, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. But my humor's not for everyone. I understand. I love you watch RuPaul's. RuPaul's is for gay people. That's all we have. We used to have Project Runway. Now we just have RuPaul's. I watched Project Runway. I, I, I even watched a season uh, or the new season uh, last night. Uh, I'm not a fan of the Zach Posen. I'm sure he's a great mm-hmm. guy, uh, but I want Michael Kors. Yeah, he's the best. You look like a green leprechaun. I mean, really? <laughs> Who did that so job? Edward Scissorhands? Really? So tacky. I don't like his clothes, but I do like his judging. He's our greatest. One of our top 10 gays. And, I'm gonna, and very much more orange than Trump. Pre, oh, Pre-Trump orange. But he's... Uh, we'll get into Trump for a second. I mean... I have nothing to say. No, certainly nothing new to say. Well, I, the only reason I voted for him was because yep. uh, mm-hmm. now we have a first lady we can jack off to. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but is that... He's a madman. No but doubt Is she hot? I didn't vote for him. Is she hot? I mean, to me, she looks like the drummer from Whitesnake. <laughs> and I used to jack off to that guy in, in full. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that drummer's hot, but I, I think she has a, a dong. Who was the beautiful one with the in the hairband that um, I've had her on this couch? Really? Who? No. The great, amazing, still beautiful Tawny Katane. I don't know who that is. I don't. She know was a girl in all their videos. Oh, I'm thinking of a guy from a band, a hairband oh. that was so beautiful. You Kip couldn't. Winger. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. I saw. Um, he was straight is he's still alive he's straight but I saw it was my first my first rock concert was Kiss Winger and Slaughter 1990 Long Beach Arena Got I think it. it was during Pride uh-huh. I was like, why are there so many guys around here huge Pride there uh, and he started doing these ballet moves and it was like this guy's really good looking and he's doing moves that Paul Stanley's not doing we'll <laughs> see you in the closet got some questions about that uh i don't know these names paul stanley the singer from kiss babe i don't know but you've heard of kiss yeah yeah i know they're the people in makeup yeah well listen like i said <laughs> i don't care if he's i couldn't name you a song maybe rock and roll Bill- all night yeah that yeah that's it who's your favorite band the smiths morrissey yeah well november 10th you know let me see if i can get you a ticket <laughs> you're gonna go see morrissey well here's why I'm not a fan, but oh. he, he's great. Oh, uh-huh. but the opening act. Oh, may I present to you the oh. opening act, the great Steve Stevens on guitar, and of course, with Steve Stevens on guitar, you know who's singing, Mister Billy Idol. Really? So that's. I would like oh, to. God, he's probably sixty by now. Yeah, but he looks good for a yeah, guy. Yeah, bet. Morrissey looks like crap. I'm sure. Well, the only reason, uh, probably the coolest concert I've ever gone to, my ex-girlfriend said, Earl, get down to Irvine right now. I'm at the Morrissey concert. She was working it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. You know, love, I mean, respect him. I just, I don't want to drive to Irvine to watch Morrissey. She's like, he just canceled. They're flying in Billy Idol. Oh. So I got to see Billy Idol play a Morris, to a Morrissey fan base. And you think, wow, that's tough. And the first song, they were a little weird. Like, all right, we don't. And then the second song, he had him. And it was very impressive. Oh. Uh, so November 10th, Hollywood Bowl. All right. I'd like oh, to, at the Hollywood Bowl? Yeah. Let me oh, work really? on tickets. 
That's four days before my birthday. I'd love to see him again. It's been so long. We could be like, like, uh, like Crockett and Tubbs, gay, straight buddies. Got it. I mean, yeah. we already are. We already are. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I'd like to get an audition if you have any pull for the uh, Miami Vice reboot. Uh, <laughs> I was born to play Detective Larry Zito, but I just want to say for your for your viewers that I'm a more of a Smiths fan than a Morrissey fan. I just need you to know that. Uh, like on his own, I didn't like him as much. Just so you know. oh, I mean, I liked Bona Drag, and but uh. but <laughs> after that, I it got it even got a little fruity for me. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty. <laughs> It's a little over the top by the end. Well, you know, listen, I have horrible taste in music. I admit it. You know, the newest band I've gotten into is Weezer. Mm-mm. And they were like... That's a while ago. That's a, that's a while, but I don't get today's music. Yeah. You know, Justin Bieber. Oh, God. No. But nothing against them. I don't hate on anyone who makes money. Then we used to go to the same gym, but that soundtrack at Equinox is a nightmare. You know what? And that's when I first oh. thought, uh-oh, Stephen might be gay. <laughs> I can't believe I don't understand. Don't I? Don't I? I, I really just don't but think I, I try at all. Straight. Well, like if you saw me on the street, would you go gay or straight? Straight. But can I ask why? Like, how can you? It's weird to me how you can look at someone yeah. in most cases and go straight gay. What because do I exude? You um. You won't it, hurt my feelings. Give it. No, to no, me. no. Because you are for a guy your height. And you're a very attractive, handsome guy. You, if you were gay, you would be selling that harder, right? You'd have a tighter shirt. Your outfit would be trying to be more body conscious. But here, you're selling more. You know, whatever this the clash here. No slash. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really are gay. You know, your glasses are kind of on the they're on the on the fence because they could be gay hipster glasses, but they actually look like you need them to see. Oh, I absolutely do. Yeah, so. I think you would just look like you're more into your personality than your body. That's why I think you'd be straight. I got you. But I have started. Uh, I'm a huge John Varvatos man. Oh, so. yeah. You like that sort of like oh, fashionable leather and little bits of metal and details. Mm. My and I thought it's he not was cheap, gay. bitch. Oh, it's not. He's not gay. No. Oh, my God. I had no idea. I bought a, a leather jacket there once. It was a religious oh, experience. It's probably a grand. No, I like. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I like things a little on the baggy side. Uh-huh. And uh, the salesman's like, all right, uh, you're 54. Well, you know, I'd really like a 56 because it was a little more muscular back then. Mm. He's like, listen, I, I'm going to introduce you to this guy. He's going to tell you exactly what size you are. Brings me over to this guy. Oh, yeah. Good looking dude. Mm. Touches my shoulders, touches my hips, looks at the salesman and goes, he's a 54. Oh. I'm like, uh, who are you? <laughs> And he looks at me and goes, oh, hi, I'm John. Not putting it together. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm Earl. Oh, He's like, my John God. Barbados. I'm like, John. I felt like I had been touched. That's by incredible. So he's like, you were my brand well, son. I'm like, well, how about a hookup? Amazing. About 10 years ago, I was in a movie called Confessions of a Shopaholic. And I got a call from John Barbados that they wanted me to wear a scarf of theirs on the red carpet for the premiere. So then I went to John Barbados in Soho and was served champagne and like waited on by like three people and presented a scarf made of horsehair. And um, then they showed me how to wear the scarf. Then they had a courier bring the scarf to the red carpet, put it on me. I walked the red carpet and then they took it back. <laughs> oh, you didn't even get to keep it? Nope. <laughs> 
That's, I loved it. That's the only reason I want to make it is just clothes. to get free stuff. They don't give men free clothes. They don't give men free nothing. I mean, I this is small potatoes to your IMDb page. Mm. But in 2006, oh. I was in the David Spade, Rob Schneider movie, Benchwarmers. <laughs> I've heard of it. And I was so Good. nice. Mm. No, I was, it's a quick scene. My scenes are quick. You seem to be get a lot of notoriety for it, though. I mean, I think uh, it's it's, uh, it's funny. It's a huge cult movie with right. kids, Little League Baseball. It's, yeah. You know, basically. And uh, the wardrobe people were like, dude, you're so nice. You can have anything in this trailer. Aww. And it was literally a sexual experience because uh, I'm Jewish. I like, you know, freebies. Uh, there's Nike shoes. <laughs> there's uh, shirts. Like, I, I walked away with a lot. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's all I want is free. I don't care about the money. Mm-hmm. I understand. Because if it's free, it feels it's just more expensive than if you paid for it. And here's the kicker <laughs> on I'm Dying up here. Come on, season two. Let's get yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, Did you get any swag from Dying up here? Well, I wore my own clothes to set because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, no, uh, if it goes into that. the 80s, I, I wouldn't have to bring, I wouldn't have to go to wardrobe. Mm. I just w- wear rat t-shirts and Bon Jovi shirts and be good. You know, I pitched to Jim Carrey at the rap party that I come out of the closet and become a Jim J. Bullock type and go on to a sitcom in the 80s and then die of AIDS. Not that he did. I'm just saying that right. that's, I thought would be a great end to my character. Well, I thought, well, here's what I'm <laughs> getting back to. I'm dying. By the way, I see uh, you were in uh, Dr. Ken. Yes. And let me say this. <laughs> How long have you been involved in Hollywood? <laughs> uh, I mean, well, I've been acting. here six years. Oh, and well, I've only been in L.A. six years, but I've been acting since I was a kid. So you're 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing stand up 18 years. We've both dealt with thousands of people. Casting directors, agents, managers, uh, other actors. Uh-huh. And I don't know about you, but I will honestly say that Dr. Ken is the nicest dude <laughs> I've ever come across in this business. Ken is the sweetest, most incredible person ever. Like when they were filming Roast Battle Season 2, yeah, uh, I got a call from Comedy Central about four hours before he was judging. And they're like, Earl, come down. I'm like, I don't really want to because I don't like watching comedy or roast yeah. battle. I want to do it. He's like, you got to. Dr. Ken wants to meet you because he's a pro wrestling fan. <laughs> Is he? And my season one uh, situation, I was basically playing a pro wrestler, just being a dick, you know, just for the camera. And he, Dr. Ken sees me. He comes up to me. He goes, dude, can I have a picture with you? Uh. And I'm like, I should be asking you that question. <laughs> and uh, it was just like, I wish everyone could be like Dr. Ken. Yeah. The business would be so much funner and easier. He's the best on set. Ken Jong is incredible. He's just like, like let me out of table reads. He would let me not come in on Thursday, Friday. If I had dying up here, he'd let me leave for auditions. It was like, he was the nicest fucking guy. Yeah. I just, I, I know he probably doesn't listen to this podcast. I'll make sure he does. Please do. Cause like, I love that man. And he's, uh, we've kept in touch a little bit. He's just an awesome dude. Cause as you know, there's a couple weenies in this business. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not on I'm dying up here though. No. Well, Santana, Santino's. Really oh, watch ass. out. Me and Santino. What a dick. Oh, Andrew. I, uh, by the way, uh, Andrew Santino, I do not condone my 
guest views on this show. What a, he's only showed me his penis twice. Three times would be normal. I can show you my dick pic right now. Oh, great. Well, I've seen it. Can we do a live review? <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Let me do a live review. We've never done this before. You're going to show it and get an honest reaction? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking at your IMDb page. Oh, this. yeah. But like, let, let's... Going back to IDUH, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, there's no word yet on a season two. Not yet. No, um, we should find out shortly. Yeah. it's. Uh, but I think people assume that when you're on a Showtime show or yes. any show, HBO, Showtime, you're on Ray Donovan, uh, you know, Shameless, that you've made it and you don't have to audition anymore and you just sit around waiting for a season two. Correct. Like you still audition for stuff right now, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think people just assume, oh, he's he was great on I'm Dying Up Here. He probably just calls in and says, I'd like to do an episode of Dr. Ken. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was offered that show, but that's because I knew the writers. They were the writers from Happy Ending. So, But yeah, I definitely, I worked a ton while shooting I'm Dying Up Here. And you still, like, yeah. uh, even though, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, you can't bank on it, so you just keep pursuing work. Is that what your point is? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, on paper, I'm dying up here should be picked up. Uh, I mean, Melissa Leo's yep. like Melissa Leo, like she's unbelievable. Uh, and I thought the show was so perfectly cast, like everyone fit their role, and the guest stars like Rick Overton. Oh yeah, like fantastic. There's not many people I say this person's a legend, but Rick Overton in the stand-up world and acting is just like. This like like I can't find the words to express my love for that man. Yeah. And then uh you know, it really everyone, uh W. Earl Brown, Richard Kine. I mean it goes Abatunde. Oh, I he's amazing. <laughs> and you know, it's so funny. He plays such a dick on the show. Yeah. But in real life, he's like the nicest dude. Such a sweetheart. And Ari's uh, like she's like amazing everyone's an angel i hope i hope to god it comes back critically but, very popular so yeah in the last yeah. episode i think got almost double the uh the the ratings of, yep. of other episodes so that's a good uh sign so i guess it's just up in the uh it's television in interesting time now the the golden era of television has returned but it's so overpopulated that it's so competitive it's unbelievable yeah, I mean, there's I mean, just a million shows. Like you look at like, I, I think I'm dying up here. Is such a perfect example of this show should go for five, six seasons based on the acting. Uh, you know, as a stand-up comic, there's a few episodes where I tear it up. To be honest with you, yeah. like I literally tear it up when you're in the barber chair, oh. and, and you know you you're not selling out. You're, you're you have to do, you have to get a job. Right. And I know so many people that that happened to, they had long hair, they had goatees or, and they're like, I got to be a salesman now. And, and then, you know, do stand up at night. And, you know, when you had to like ask in certain episodes to go up early, cause you had to get up the next day. Like I've seen that, uh, so many times, you know, and, and the potential, like you can go take this show into the eighties, yeah. With the comedy boom. Exactly. You know, through the Dice Clay and Kennison era. And then you could probably do a season or two on the 90s when it was like the tech stock uh, market, you know, when stand-up sucked, but everyone was getting sitcoms. Right. So everyone thought they could do stand-up. Right. And, and you know, a few of us could die, you know. Definitely die. I mean, you, you know, I know. Uh, More death would be helpful for the title, too. <laughs> but I mean, like stand-up is a very depressing, uh, it, 
you know, I, I mean, there's been a lot of comics who've killed themselves and, you know, died of AIDS and, and oh, yeah. you know, Richard Jenny, you know, blew his head off, uh, you know, Phil Hartman, not a stand up per se, but like that ended how it ended. Uh, Taylor Negron. Oh, and yeah, I remember him, Taylor. Yep. Yeah, I saw him perform a couple years ago. Oh, he was like, you know, it's, it sucked for him because he, I think he was forever known as the pizza guy from Fast Times. Right. And he picked up on me once at Koontz Hardware. Did he? Oh, at Koontz. The greatest pickup line ever. I'm looking at shower heads. <laughs> I'm just there, and he slides up next to me, and I instantly knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Fast Times to me was like, like such an iconic film. And I'm like, okay, don't say he's the pizza guy. Don't just go. I'm like, hey, how are you? He's like, I'm having a dinner party tonight. Oh. Would you like to come? I'm like, uh well who else is gonna be there <laughs> and he's like just you and me I'm, oh. Like, oh. Uh, I'm sorry i think i went to uh i love it oh it was great but like you know so you could uh, there's so many different avenues but the last time i saw him perform there were there was a, about 10 gay men doing a thing called streep tease which was gay men doing monologues of meryl streep from meryl streep movies it's a great event and he everyone does a funny one you know, they're doing Mama Mia and they're doing, uh, you know, Death Becomes Her. And then Taylor comes out and does Sophie's Choice, dead fucking serious. Oh, he's. It was incredible. He was amazing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's uh, hopefully, you know, we get a season two and beyond. And- Hope so. I mean, it's a niche sort of thing that, but I think niche is working now. People are wanting to see a world they don't know, but hopefully the, so the main themes in it are universal enough that people get attracted to it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Boardwalk Empire. It's you, right. you know uh, that was a huge hit, and then uh, then you had show like Vinyl, which should should have been huge, uh, but like that show didn't really pay attention to detail. Like you know, when they had the guy from Led Zeppelin's uh, who played Led Zeppelin's manager be a guy about our size, yeah, you know, but in real life he was like a pro wrestling like six eight four hundred pound just animal, right. Uh, it's, so that's another thing I liked about our show was uh, the attention to detail was unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's of all the 70s genre stuff I've seen, because 70s can go so bad so quick. All you're thinking about is these fucking clothes and these wigs and how weird it looks. And I thought ours looked so authentic to the time period. Like it was a second thought that we were in the 70s. Yeah, like the scenes yeah. when you guys are at Cantor's, I was like, Jesus, they must, how did they get Cantor's to let them oh, do I know. it? Yeah. Right, and then one day Just I stumbled into, into the canters, yeah, the canter set. I was like, "Oh, this is where it was done." Can you believe that? I mean, that is so much time and effort and money that it's so sad when a show is not renewed because that whole fucking canter set exists in this world, yeah, and is packed up in a room somewhere, and it's an unbelievable recreation. Like you could do a comedy show uh, in the main set of Goldie's, uh, you know, the soundstage where it's at. And, you know, you could have a stand-up show there tonight. Yeah, yep. Even, uh, there was running water. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Even where the cellar was, which, yeah. uh, you know, would remind some people of the belly room. Uh, it's like, you could do a stand-up show in here tonight. Totally. So do you just, because you've been on shows that have been canceled before or not renewed? Um, or have I you? don't think I've been on a show that's only had one season, but I've certainly been on 10 pilots that didn't go past the pilot and what do you do do you just 
You do it and go. Oh, I just, everything I'm on, I assume it's going to get canceled. I'm assuming it's not going to get picked up. And then I, when I, if it does get picked up, I assume it'll be canceled. That's just how I live my life, which I think is a healthy way to do it. Yeah. You don't forget about it necessarily, but you just can never sit back and rest on your laurels and think this is it until you're, until you're even fucking nominated for an Emmy. You know what I mean? Like it's so hard. I mean, I don't get TV uh, and it's so weird how certain shows to me do well, don't do well. Like uh, I'm a big fan of the show prison break. Yeah. How that show got five seasons to me is mind blowing. Cause it was, <laughs> and I love, I've watched every episode a hundred times uh-huh. uh, and I knew uh, Wentworth Miller was gay because let's be honest, how many straight guys break into prison? Come God, on. you never just see him out. You know, you'll catch Neil Patrick Harris out. You'll catch everybody out. You never see him anywhere. Yeah, come on, Wentworth. Get out there. And But they brought it back this year. Like, it was unbelievable. Like, Yeah. It, but my point is, that show gets like five, six seasons. Uh, and then Dominic Purcell, who was the other brother, he was in a show right before Prison Break called John Doe, which mm-hmm. I thought was a brilliant idea. He has amnesia. He's the world's smartest man. You can ask him any question. He'll know the answer. How many dimples on a golf ball? 345. But he doesn't know who he is. Absolutely. <laughs> how many seasons? One season. Oh, goddamn. Great well, cast. How do you how do you keep that going? But I like, you know, William Forsyth, who I'm obsessed with. He's like, he's another guy who's, that's an actor to me. Good in everything. Uh, he was like the bad guy. And uh I thought it was just as good as Prison Break. So how does mm-hmm. one show get the, the same actor? You know, Ray Liotta had a show in, I think, 2006 yeah. called Smith, where he had a team of bank robbers, including uh, Simon Baker from The Mentalist. Yep. Great cast. Three episodes. Right. Virginia Madsen. Who knows why people glom onto something and they don't. And then his show, uh, The Shades of Blue. I think that's what it's called on NBC. Yeah, with J-Lo. Is a huge hit. Yep. And it's kind of the same story, except in Shades of Blue, he's a cop with a a dirty cop with a a dirty group of cops. So it's just like... Well, viewership used to be the reason. How many people are actually watching it? That's no longer entirely the reason. You know, you can win awards and have six season of something because it's a tastemaker. And I mean, I love Transparent and it deserves the awards. No one's watching Transparent. The right. viewership is very low. Right? You know what I mean? Extremely low. <laughs> so, but it wins awards and it's a great thing. And it it make, gives Amazon a badge of honor. What's well, the same thing with like, you know, uh, shows on Showtime and HBO. Once it might have like low ratings yeah. or it's hard to judge it just on ratings alone because there's streaming, there's downloading and they're building a collection. So one show cannot be seen in one show, but as long as you, when you join HBO or Showtime, you're seeing, you have all the choices, right? You know what I mean? They have a gay thing, a Latino thing, a black thing, a Southern thing, a Northern thing, a historical thing. They have a little bit of everything. So you're kind of buying into a collection. This got very industry. Well, I'm because you're much more in the industry than I am. (laughs) This is true. I mean, you're 20 years in. The, I mean, look, at, I'm looking at your IMDb page. I mean, literally, I've got like three credits on it. <laughs> and then it's the contact button for, you know, I mean, you've uh, look how many reps. Are you on pro? Oh, I have endless reps. You're not paying for pro, are you? 
I'm not big enough to play for pro. <laughs> my sister called me the other day. She's like, Earl, you should at least put your picture on IMDb. Yes, you picture. should. I don't know how to do that. Well, you have to get pro. But uh, well, or I someone mean, has to a, a production company has to upload a photo of you. And you were, you know, in Superior Donuts. Oh, well, and the that very, pilot. That's certainly the smallest role I've ever done in my entire life. But, but you uh, a gay. Skit I, was, I did three Jimmy Burroughs. Do you know Jimmy Burroughs? I do not. I did. Th- oh, wait, I think. Yeah, I did. the most famous sitcom director. Taxi, Cheers, Frasier, Friends. I did three pilots with him in the last year and a half. Two with Jane Lynch, and all three were not picked up. <laughs> I don't so I bank on nothing working. People like I did it. My first foray into the wackiness of this business was in uh, 2012. I did a pilot. It was, a, it was very much like I'm dying up here. Ensemble cast, uh, you know, Melissa Villasenor, who's now on Saturday Night oh, Live. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel Tigerman, who's probably the number one commercial actor. Like he, he's just. What was this pilot with Melissa? Wow. It was. Uh, I guess I could talk about it now because I don't think it's. Uh, it's over. 2012. It's over. It's over, Johnny. <laughs> it's over, baby. Uh, it was called at the time. It was called Damaged Goods, and it was uh, an advertising office. Uh huh. So I was the the creepy audio visual guy. And uh, Melissa was a secretary. Um, you know, Robert Peters is in it. He's like, you've seen him in tons of commercials. I mean, it was an amazing cast. Yeah. I don't think they ever even pitched it. They probably spent a couple hundred grand on this pilot. Yeah. And uh, just kind of went away. 3D camera was brought in for the final scene. Uh, Santa Clarita Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we were on the set of not Tango and Cash. That's a good Stallone movie. Uh, <laughs> the TBS show, uh, Rizzoli and Isles. Rizzoli and Isles. We were on their set because they were on hiatus. And I was like, wow, all this work, a month of you know shooting and nothing. I think we think it takes a lot of effort and a shitload of money because, you know, half a million million dollars for a pilot seems like a lot of money to us. I'm starting to realize it's not much. Right. It's really not much when you think about like how much Dixie paper cups make in a year. You know what I mean? Like to keep a paper cup industry running, like it's, it's a huge, it seems to us like a huge gamble and I don't think it is to them. I think they have a lot more money than we, they, they, they have more than we think. <laughs> but then you have on the other end, like, you know, like I'm dying up here. I had you in it, a legitimate actor, Melissa Leo, Ari, Jake Lacey, uh, legitimate stand-ups all across the board. You know, uh, Alfred Molina was yeah, in incredible. Uh, but then you have a show like Big Brother on CBS, which is such a big show. It's on three fucking nights. Right. And all over the world. And if you would have sales pitched me, and it's done its 20th season. Hey, we're going to do a show about 20 people, none of them celebrities, uh, we're just going to have them do mundane stunts each week. One guy right. or girl gets kicked off. What do you think about that idea? I'm like, who the F would watch that? <laughs> we have a show with an Oscar winning actress. Uh, great cast. I want that show. And Big Brother's 20 seasons in. I mean, it's at the, am I crazy? And it's think- just a case for narcissism because people want to see themselves on TV. Everyone's a star. Everyone's a social media personality. They just want, this is why reality TV is never going to go anywhere. It's become a more heightened form of entertainment. It's just people feel like they're there with them. 
I mean, I don't care. American Idol. It's like, oh, I can't do singing competition. I hate it so much. Well, I just like I ex girlfriend was in the music business, so like I got like the inside scoop on a lot of these things, and they would always put these American Idol winners. I would say, with the exception of Kelly Clarkson, who who was pretty good. Uh, they do these huge music festivals, uh, Dodger Stadium, the Rose Bowl, and they'd always put like the American Idol winner on last. And I would ask her like, why are you putting them on last? They're like, well, they only have like two or three songs and we know they'll drive the crowd out to the parking lot. <laughs> I said, well, and you're not speaking of Fantasia, I'm sure. No, no, thank you, She's William fantastic. Hung. <laughs> William Hung, I forgot about him. I felt so sorry for that dude. <laughs> he was walking around the Rose Bowl. They had him as the... Oh the headliner God. yeah uh, over kiss the bgs what and she's like just watch the crowd and you would have think someone yelled fire in the road oh my Bowl. god exit performer I and this it. poor kid's like totally lost he's like you know because he was a little uh i think he not down syndrome but like he had like <laughs> on the spectrum he's something autistic <laughs> yeah uh and uh <laughs> i've always wanted to do a cover uh band called uh system of the down syndrome uh, <laughs> i've got some good cover band ideas if you want to finance them oh i always i always wanted to when i fantasize about being in a band it's like erasure or you know just kind of a, a new wavy like a tears for fears maybe i know they're totally different but that's kind of like my if i could sing and be in something that would be the sound i or like what was the um god what was the Thompson Twins. Hold me. Yeah, now. that kind of sound. Very hard to recreate that sound. Maybe you and I could do that because I've got the baritone. You've yeah. got the. Maybe we'll I'm a tenor. I'm a tenor. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I have a fantasy of being David Lee Ross, someone who oh. blurs the lines of sexuality. Great. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of rumors about David Lee Roth and guys. Oh. Now, let me ask your opinion on this. Yeah. Now, I was at a strip club once. And David Lee Roth came over to me and put his hand on my thigh and said, you are dangerous. Oh. And I told my friend that. He said, well, that means he's gay. And I had an argument with, I don't think he's gay. Like, if you fucked, pardon my French, literally five to 6,000 women like David Lee Roth, and then you go to the other side, that's boredom. Right? That's boredom, yes. Or am I wrong? No, yes, yes. Well, I slept with many straight guys in college, and they're like, well, why are you calling them straight? They're gay. You slept with them. I was like, no, no. They were straight guys that wanted to try out having sex with a gay guy. They did. They got through it. There were some things they liked about it and some things they didn't, but they were mostly just bored. Right. And, you know. Yeah, gay guys put out. Oh, well, if you're like, if you're someone like, say, David Lee Roth, the singer from Van Halen, for those of you, you younger people who don't know who that is. You know, Van Halen's been famous basically since the early 70s to now. He did 40 years of fucking That's women. a lot, yes. I'm sure at some point it's like... Of course. You feel like you have to almost stick your dick in a cheese grater to get off. Right. So I could see David Lee Roth one night backstage, the adrenaline's pumping, sees you and go, hey, that guy's hot. Why not? And it's probably not even that he wants to fuck guys. He probably just wants to suck a dick. Okay. That seems to be, to me, seems to be the strongest aberration that occurs. See, I could see having your uh, dangling sucked. Yeah. No, I mean, yes. 
Yeah, like you would probably get sucked off by like a a a, a T girl, right? Like a guy who looks passes as a woman. Well, you know, there was one situation. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I yeah. don't think I've ever told this story. <laughs> Let me make sure we have enough time on the recorder. You know, uh, I from time to time used to dabble in the world of uh, prostitution. Uh huh. And there was. I a, think it's a great thing. I do it all the time. I mean, listen, it's convenient. Uh, I, I've taken girls out on dates to. Uh, I don't want to mention restaurants. I'm sure they don't want this type of publicity. <laughs> uh, sushi restaurants on uh-huh. La Cienega. Sure. Spent close to $500. Yeah. We would make love afterwards, but it's like, why not just give, give the girl them. the money directly? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one time when I was in between girlfriends and um, I saw an ad in uh, LA Express. This is old school. Yeah. When you're getting a girl from LA Express, this, that's is a a, this is like a magazine on the street corner of Santa Monica and uh, La Brea, right? Well, the funny thing is, w- when it's on Santa Monica and La Brea, it's free. <laughs> but they also had it in Beverly Hills, and you had to pay like five dollars. Totally. Uh, so I answered this girl's <laughs> ad. Uh, she said she was like forty-four double D or whatever. Okay. I go to her house, and uh, she looked a little green around the gills. Uh huh. And uh, you know. She started touching me. She didn't say a word. I started touching her. And she, uh, the first words she said in this voice was, Do you want to have sex? <laughs> like, uh, I'm good. Uh, I got to go. Keep the money. Uh huh. I'm out. Uh, I, to this day, don't know if it was a guy or a girl. It probably was. Which is fine. Yeah, sure. I would have preferred to know. Listen, there's no shit. You don't have to even apologize. If I casually thought a guy was with was a girl, which happens all the time, by the way, because the F to M's are so passable. It's really hard to be a man when it becomes a woman. It's hard to pass. But the women that become men, they are so passable. But I mean, if I look at RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, when they do the the, the runway Oh, there's some bodies. Oh, incredible bodies. Uh, I mean, Courtney Act. Oh, beautiful. Australian. Uh, oh, gorgeous. I mean, uh, wow. Yeah, and uh, beautiful as a boy, too. But And really. uh, who's the girl? Uh, she's really young. She's kind of f- fucked up. Uh, big lips. Uh, she's like 23. Dude um, got kicked. Up, left the last season because she couldn't take it anymore. God, I wish I knew her name. Last uh, season? Maybe two seasons ago. She walked off a door Delano. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you think like, she's cute as a woman? Uh-huh. Like I'd be like, sure. And rock and roll. So you love her. Yeah. It's got that. I think the tattoo, there. Uh-huh, but like yeah. if, if I saw her at the Abbey or wherever, I'd be like, oh, wow, right. the chick's hot. So, you know, the lines have been blurred. Yeah. I get confused too. I've been to a few lesbian bars or events and there's a whole newsy, you know, the newsy look. I don't. Well, it's like, um, tucked in shirt suspenders and a little, you know, news cap. Okay. It's kind of like an 18th century uh, Dickensian look that a lot of young lesbians go for now. And it's just adorable. And some of them, especially when anybody that's on stero- or on a testosterone, uh, they're just the cutest boys, you know? And then I think, oh, I could, could I do this? Could I do this? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, are you I? single right now? I'm single right now, yeah. There's one on, do you ever look at Chatterbait? I'm sure you do. No, what's that? Chatterbait is like a cam four. It's like just ongoing 24-hour webcams of people masturbating. Cool. And you can give them little digital tokens, you know, 
Tokens like five cents. You can just give them tokens. And uh, I love it. But there's one trans man in it. He's probably the hottest guy on the whole place. Huge, built, giant pecs. Huge fucking hairy armpits, big beard. And then just, you know, once he gets enough tokens, the camera goes down. And he's just got like a big hairy pussy. Cool. <laughs> hey, what else? But, uh, I, I love it until the pussy. And that's where I get like, oh, God, okay, I, wanna, I don't know. Uh, that's where I'm like, I get like a little confused then. Now, do you have to be careful when you're on? Like, I imagine, uh, like, I used to be on Tinder. I, I had to get off because I knew too many people on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the whole point of these uh, dating sites and apps. Is, you know, to me, is a little bit of anonymity. You know, you could be on the prowl and, like, no one knows who you are. But, like, if you're, like, uh, a successful actor or however you want to phrase it, like, do you, like, can you do Man, online dating? I probably shouldn't, but I'm here to tell you, like, I live half of my life like this real legitimate actor who I want respect and I care about the craft and I love all that. And then the other half, I live like the honesty that a comedian has. Right. And I don't know how to marry the two parts of me think I should deny all that and my career would be bigger or it would be more dynamic. But at the end of the day, what am I going to not have sex? Am I not going to go to gay bars? I can't. I have to. I don't know. Why would I deny myself the fun that has come with technology? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I do. I love it. I love the apps. I love guys. I love cruising. I love I love going to exotic locations and having beautiful boys and having sex with them. I don't want that to go away. And why would I give that up for what? I don't understand the private world that some of the guys live in. I feel like is very sad. Right. I, w- I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a compromise worth giving up that side of it. Right. I mean, so no, I live outwardly. I have my picture on those profiles. Oh, and wow. I'm very sexual and I'm very out and out about it. And I don't know if it's a detriment to me. I don't think it is in this day and age. It hasn't been yet. I mean, have you ever been on one of those sites and, and someone says, hey, are you that guy from... All the time. Oh, really? I try to use a picture that doesn't look exactly like me, and that's not for vain reasons. It's just because I there's nothing sexy about... You know, when a guy texts me, oh, are you from Happy Endings? Are you the guy that said drama? I mean, that's my fucking catchphrase. That's not a boner like pill you know <laughs> like, that doesn't get you laid we can get into boner let's pills later. i don't know about in straight land but in the gay in the gamest world being known on tv does not get you laid the opposite it'll oh, see, get you friends but it won't get you any dick well that's you can take that call if you'd like it's not it's my alarm to eat okay well we got a few more minutes i'm gonna pull out my dick pic just to get a, a legit great i'll uh, talk look. about it tell you like where but uh, in the well, in the world of the apps, like what you're working with. Well, in the straight world, uh, being on TV uh, does get you laid, or at least yes. uh, Clark girls, Duke is informed me of that. Clark Duke is the best. <laughs> we had you just show me his harem. He, well, I mean, that's a guy who just is good with chicks, but he doesn't brag about it. You could just tell. Um, I've he's often come in with smeared lipstick on his face and other body parts. <laughs> <laughs> but we bonded over our love of Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, wrestling. Oh, I had a, qu- a wrestling question for Please you. Please do. I have a few dolls. They're probably not called dolls. They're worth a lot. Are they? So I have the one that had makeup on his face. Let's Sting? Adonis. Adrian Adonis. Adrian Adonis. Who was gay in real life. Really? Yeah. Alive? He died. Oh, God. AIDS? Um, I 
don't think so. Oh. But he wasn't... Uh, he, he, that's another thing, talk, going back to like Paul Lynn, like it had to be horrible for a, an 80s, yeah. 70s, 80s pro wrestler to be gay uh, in real life. Right. It's just such Although a... Although the stuff was so gay. My, but, but it's the same thing it, like Hollywood Square. Right, yeah. Uh, looking back now, I'm like, oh my God, Adrian Adonis was pretty flamboyant. Uh, and then uh, several other... Uh, but my favorite wrestling uh storyline of all time yeah was uh early 2000s i think it was they had billy and chuck two straight wrestlers going gay and getting married oh uh, that so they had a big on, gay wedding that happened on in WWE? on tv yeah w, and it was such a big deal <laughs> that they were on How good morning america that? oh wow oh Boy, they were real well no it was a they were prank. two straight guys it was, it was a, prank a prank but for... they played it so well wow. everyone thought it was well, oh my god there's these two guys are out they're gonna get married on tv Ugh. and then and the guy playing the wedding organ wedding organizers uh, he's now in vegas as a cop uh rico i don't think he was gay in real life he played the best gay guy <laughs> he, he grew his uh he had these lamb chop uh, -huh. uh sideburns and in the gay wedding that they got on tv he's like all of this pageantry i'm just so proud of you guys <laughs> and they just bring classic. in a gay minister and he's literally about to announce them men and wife or men and uh, partners what's the proper term for gay partners yeah, partners yeah husbands and the, the well, whole they, were, they were back then it was just a civil union the whole yeah. wrestling crowd is horrified. <laughs> of course. You can't find a more homophobic yeah. than pro wrestling fans. And finally has the now the ministers like, I now pronounce you Billy and Chuck, man and and the guy who's playing Billy goes, wait a minute. This is going too far. I mean what? We're not gay. What? And the whole crowd erupts. As if they if uh. they were gay, it would be the worst thing in the world. And then so I was just going to say, I'm so not offended by this story. I'm like loving it, but then I hate that ending. Well, and then the minister took off his mask. And it was amazing. It was the bad guy. The sheik. And, and I don't know. I'm just basically, naming, I'm naming things. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. I'm just trying to pull out my dick pic. Uh, <laughs> I would like to say that I did, I very specifically recall being sexually attracted to my wrestling dolls and He Man dolls. So much that I would like some of the He-Man dolls. I'd try to put this close to my face so they look like real, real life size. I thought you meant to get their dingling. And well, yeah, that too. I'd like kiss them and talk to them, and they had just big chest and nipples and stuff. <laughs> this is the greatest podcast ever. <laughs> Who was the like? Like to me, when I realized I liked chicks, yeah, it's it's like a life changing. Like you know when you're. You just say up to like seven to eight years old. I, I don't think you think too many sexual thoughts. Yeah, you just, but then somebody. Cheryl Teagues on the oh, really? cover of Sports Illustrated, oh, which funny. seems so silly. You got to understand there's no internet when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, so there's no like, you know, porn was like taboo. Uh, you know, uh, you had to either go to a theater to watch it or a VHS or Betamax. Uh, what was like the first moment where you looked at a dude and was like, hmm, you were like some sort of sexual attraction? Yeah, that's a really good one. And it's probably it's just somebody from uh, pop culture, you mean? 
Yeah. Yeah. Was there, or or was it a, 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 like a teacher and like like you were fifteen when you came out? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like was there like when you were twelve, thirteen, maybe a little league coach or like you know? I mean, in real life, I had a, a Christian youth group oh. a leader who I was madly in love with, and I was probably like ten years old, and I didn't know what was happening. Uh, I can't remember his name, but I was madly in love with him. He would wear like polos tucked into khakis, which I thought was really sexy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He kind of set the he set the um, aesthetic for what I like, which is shorter, chubbier, right. chunky, chunky, like douchey, fratty, thick, short. Stop. I'm getting hard. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I remember the first boy I had a crush on him was Sean Astin in the Goonies. I just was in love with this fit. I still love Sean Astin. Sean Astin is still my sexual ideal. Sean Sam Astin, the Hobbit. Out there. The Hobbit. <laughs> I, I, I literally love Hobbits. I loved you, and I think season five of 24. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> Sean you know, Astin. Sean Astin, the Goonies. I'm sad. Uh, when you bring up the Goonies, first of all, I'm a big Robert Davi guy. He was like the Fratelli brother. Yeah. Uh, John Matuzak, who played Sloth. Right. Rest in peace. Oh God! Everyone you love is dead. Well, he—I I don't think you would like this movie from the standpoint of the theme. But there's a movie, in my opinion, it's the greatest sports movie of all time, North Dallas Forty. It's a football movie with uh, 1978 or 79. Uh, Nick Nolte, mm. Mac Davis, oh. and one of the great character it. actors of all time. Of course, he's dead too. <laughs> G.D. Spradlin. Who are these fucking names? I'm telling you. Jesus. And it's basically a story about the NFL and the drugs and and uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys was the team it's based off of. Uh, and John Matuzak, who was Sloth in the Goonies, he played a pro football player, and he was a pro football player, and it was just such good acting by him because he was just being. He goes back to like you said. Good actors are just themselves. Right. And it was just like, he could have won an Oscar. I wow. know he wasn't, but like, it's like every scene he was in, you watched. I've never he seen was it. there. It, I any think of these like, sports movies or children baseball movies, I've never seen any of them. Somebody told me about the Sandlot the other day. I was like, I don't know what that is. Well, lot, I, I don't know. Yeah. If you're into gay movies, may, may I make a few no, suggestions? Gay movie, well, like what? Gay movies are the worst. No, I'm going to give you... if, if it's made by gay people, we're the worst. Well, let's let's leave out Philadelphia because that doesn't end well. Well, that wasn't made by gay people or had any gay people in it. So, well, if you watch it backwards, it's good. It's pretty good. No, it is good. No, straight people generally make better gay movies. But what do you th like? That drives me up a wall when, uh, like, you know, let's take Philadelphia. Like, I mean, you know, AIDS can kill anyone, straight, gay, whatever. But essentially, it was a gay movie. Yeah, uh, it's it, also it, essentially a gay disease, by the way. There's no, we don't, we don't pitter pat around that now. Cause I can't. It was back in the day. They had to say it's killing women. It's killing that. No, it was killing mostly gay men. Um, in Africa, it's killing everybody. But in right. America to get funding, we had to pretend like it was a universal disease. By the way, John Glover was in a great gay movie. Uh, yes. Band um, plays on or no, I, something. He not won, boys in the band. 1986. I did. No, no. Uh, was, I think it was right after he did 52 pickup. Uh, uh, something with the time marches on or the band marches on or something. And the band played on? I think it was that. Yeah. Uh, if I'm wrong, forgive me. Everyone. But is that like... Are your gay viewers? 
yeah thank you john glover i know you're in frisco retired but please because <laughs> i've tried to get him on the podcast really well i only i'm sure he lives in new york Guaranteed. well i've i've or tracked him down to frisco and uh my friend says he's semi-retired which is such a bomber like that man this guy should be uh like you know working uh but i guess he's got to be 70 now and uh, yeah he probably is like you know i'm good i had a good career uh but like Phil philadelphia was like there's no gays in it like how could you have a movie that's essentially a, a, a gay well, th- whatever i mean you're asking the million dollar question i mean they always have straight people play a gay award-winning movies are always played by straight people well i'm gonna give you a few gay movies to check out okay first of all it's it's under the radar uh it's my party with eric roberts Oh, is that where he kills himself at the end? Yeah. And his mother is played by Anne Bancroft? No. I know Margaret Cho was in it. Yeah, Margaret Cho. Great movie. Gregory Harrison, who is like... Certainly dated now because does, the disease doesn't kill you, but yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm going to say my favorite for last, Cruising with Al Pacino. Oh, the best. I still get the chills watching. It's so them. great. I just love seeing them get murdered so terribly. Well, there's a um, there's a cut of the movie that's like got 30 minutes of like extra murder, hardcore, like you know, because <laughs> that like for that time, yeah, even for 1980, the great William Friedkin, uh, Al Pacino, uh, James Remar, who's like I love, and sadly another one of my favorite actors who just died, and no one gave a shit. The, the legend of Powers Booth. There's a great scene where Al Pacino walks into a uh, like a clothing store and he sees all the different colored handkerchiefs. Yeah, and there's, it's only like a minute scene, and he, he asks Powers Booth, who's behind the counter, what is the different colors right. mean? And he's like, well, yellow means you like to get pissed off. Hanky code. <laughs> blue if you wear it yeah. in the front pocket, and uh, but there's like five different shades of blue. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so that's a great, it's a very dark movie. Yeah. They don't really espouse that as like, they don't, the gay people don't talk about it because it's gay guys getting murdered right? and it's a horror, film. but it's great. What a great, I love when, I mean, let us get murdered like anybody else. Well, it was an X, it was originally an X rating. It was so graphic. And then yeah. I think they had to take out the 30 minutes of like, there's a very infamous scene. Uh, yeah. Cause does he fuck them, then kill them? Well, you know, it, it's, the movie's kind of like American Psycho from the standpoint of like I've seen American Psycho at least a hundred times. It's uh-huh. always on. I still, <laughs> it's on now. It's probably on. We could watch it together right now. <laughs> I love the gay character in that. God, he's. So I forget. Uh, Matt Ross so is his name. Uh, he plays Lewis, and he's like this creepy gay guy that doesn't fit in with the other, like Christian Bale and. Uh-huh. Uh, but. Uh, he, 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 I forgot my uh, train of thought here. Got gay. Dick pick was the major train of thought. Oh, that's going to be how we end the podcast. I see. But uh, my favorite gay movie of all time, and it's so funny, I saw Patrick Stewart the other night, is Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Please tell me you've seen Jeffrey. Of course I've seen Jeffrey. Starring yeah. my, uh, Patrick Stewart. Steven Weber. Steven Weber. And a guy who I think should be acting more his boyfriend the the big muscle bound yeah the one was in cats and he was also in <laughs> the pretender yeah. no 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 he, he was in he was like they met 
the first scene he was in was Steven Weber was on the bench press. Uh-huh. And this guy comes over and it's the best camera shot. <laughs> this guy's balls above Steven Weber's face. Going, push it. Push it. You got it. And Steven Weber's about to come and he just runs out of the gym. Michael T. Weiss. That's uh, his name? Yeah. Amazing. Well, who was his big thing was the pretender, which is kind of like was a show, I think it was on CBS, very much like John Doe, where uh he, this guy is good at everything. He, like he, in one episode, he played an airline pilot, never mm-hmm. flew a plane, but he knew how to do it. Um, he didn't know who he was. So the whole theme of the show was he's trying to find his real parents. And uh, Jeffrey was just, I so I saw Patrick Stewart the other night at a restaurant on Melrose. And you told him you love Jeffrey. Here's the guy. That's so great. Cause he's so hit up for so many other things. Hundreds of shows. I mean, his uh-huh. IMDB page. Yeah. It's insane. Makes yours look like mine. Uh huh. And I just looked at him and said, Mr. Stewart, I'm a huge fan of Jeffrey. <laughs> this he, is why people are grabbing your thigh and trying to get with you. But he just Coons looked Hardware. at me like, <laughs> really? <laughs> that? But he was cool. No, he was very, he's like, yeah. thank you, my son. Uh, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> he held your hand and whispered, God bless you. Well, I, like, as an actor. Well, it's so dated. It's got that, I mean, that is the queeniest of all. That's the most color corrected kind of gay movie ever you know what i mean right so well, pinks I, and blues and shirts and fun and is that well, paul rudnick wrote it or something i think played just like the greatest older queeny yeah. gay guy i i'm assuming he's straight of course uh, but he's an honorary gay with that performance but that to me once again that's a good actor like i mm-hmm. thought wow he's is he gay uh i like going up to actors and complimenting them on their lesser known films right. now if someone comes up to you and compliments you on a lesser known film or tv show like do you get not not offended but you're like well, well normally i start i'm immediately going to do a reaction of oh thank you you like happy endings or something like that and then when they say it as a weird thing i get like i i my face lightens up and i get and i'm more authentic i'm like oh thank you because <laughs> like like the other day uh I saw the, the the legend in the music world, Todd Rundgren, uh, who's just like, I mean, he's like, I mean, his place in music history is pretty established. And cool, uh, don't know him. He, you don't know? Uh, really? What's he do? I mean, uh, he was in uh, this very seventy famous seventies band, Utopia, and he had, he, he has a, his big song was "Bang the Drum All Day." You've heard it. It's like that Gary Glitter song, uh, rock and roll, like you've heard it uh and he was walking around here and uh he was in uh have you ever heard of the new wave band the cars yes long story short uh, was he in the cars uh well uh, benjamin Orr, the bass player died of uh, pancreatic cancer so they kind of stopped after he died um and it came i think about 2006 the the guitar player and the keyboard player wanted to start touring as the cars again they reach out to rick okasic who was the singer and he's like, I don't want to do it. They reach out to the drummer. He's a successful restaurateur. He's like, I, I don't want to tour anymore. Like, so they reach out to Todd Rundgren. Say, hey, you're the perfect blend of Rick Ocasek and the bass player who passed vocals. Do you want to do a band called The New Cars? Okay. So he does it. I thought it was great. I see him walking around the other day. And I want, walked up to him. It's very much like Patrick Stewart, like his resume in music is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, uh, Mr. Rundgren, I just want to say, <laughs> I'm a huge fan. And he looks at me and goes, thank you. And I'm like, 
I loved you in the new cars. <laughs> and then he stopped in his tracks. Took a beat. <laughs> kind of tilted his head to the Because he left. thinks you're mocking him. Right. Which I was not. Oh, yeah. They don't know. With your your delivery goes, is hard to tell. You were about the only one, bro. <laughs> And I really, I'm such a fan of uh, obscure projects. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, you know, who did I see once? Uh, the Sensei from Karate Kid. And I said, hey, I loved you and, uh, you know, Karate Kid. And I think he thought I was shitting on him because it was like 30 years ago. Yeah. I could tell he thought, well, what about my other movies? I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know. I'd say of that caliber, my favorite is a movie I did called The Click, which Tyra Banks made. And it was like a straight to DVD children's teenage girl movie where I played their art teacher. And every once in a while, like every six years or so, somebody will be like, The Click? And I'll be like, wow, thank you. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, people come up to me, I'll take any credit they give. You could make an entire podcast show about people's worst project. I would love to like I would uh, now I'm pretty much uh, assuming I could never get Tom Cruise on this podcast. If you're out I there. don't think he's gay, by the way. You know, uh, I don't believe it. At some point, you have to do gay stuff. Whatever. When in Rome, but in Hollywood, we're in Rome. I'd, but Wait, listen, I I would have met someone who slept with him by this point. Is my point. I've met people that have slept with John Travolta. I've met oh. people that have slept with Kevin Spacey. Like I'd have never met anybody that has a story about Tom Cruise. Well, I would love to interview Tom Cruise about his first movie called Losing It, with the great Jackie Earl Haley, Shelley Long, oh, John Stockwell. I knew that, I knew that name. <laughs> oh, I bet. And it's about four kids going down to Tijuana to get laid. Oh, pretty. That sounds stu- great. He's so anything with Shelley Long. He's so embarrassed of that movie. I hear if you bring it up, he'll walk out of the interview. So and Tom Hanks, I would love to. I would love and I, Tom Hanks strikes me as someone who would have a good sense of humor. I would love to talk to him with, about Bachelor Party. I knew that though. That's pretty famous. But well, that was his first like. I, I always remember it being in the rated R section of the VHS right. at the video store. And with the co-starring with the great Adrian Zmed. Really? Oh yeah. No. Well, that's crazy to me that you think, okay, here we are, 1984, Bachelor Party, Tom Hanks, Adrian Zmed. They're both pretty equal in terms of the laughs and talent in that movie. One goes on to become the biggest actor of, uh-huh. of my generation, and one's kind of just, that's weird to me how, I like. Know. I guess it is fate. I don't you know. know. All right, well, Doesn't that suck? Before I show you my dick pic. Yeah. First of all, thank you for doing this. I had so much fun. Well, I know that, you know, you're a busy guy. And I really I mean, do appreciate people coming. It's also the dead of summer in LA, so that's true. And you're local; you're in the gayhood. I'm, in, you know, I'm I'm gay friendly. You have a really great porn star that lives next door. Oh, really? Trenton Ducati. Oh, I thought it was going to be Jeff Stryker. No, he, he is he alive? Oh, oh yeah, he's straight. He's probably alive. Jeff Stryker's straight. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just actually, remember- I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I remember the one billboard they had, uh, but God, this is maybe 15 years ago uh, in like uh, on La Cienega in Santa Monica. I think it's where the Showtime billboard is now. So like, <laughs> it's where the I'm Dying Up Here billboard was, uh-huh. Ray Donovan, and now Dice is up. And I guess there was a gay prison film called Strikers Island. Oh, perfect. And, and that was, got a billboard? Yeah. I mean, that's how big his films that's were. That's amazing. Uh, by the way, well, oh, back in the day, you mean? Well, this uh, 90s, 90s. 
12, 15 years ago. So yeah, yeah early, uh, late nineties. By That's the way, the, wanna... the billboards around here, they're, they're so, they're fantastic. I've never seen so many billboards devoted to STDs in my life. I know. I mean, I give directions to my house by these billboards. <laughs> yeah. You make a you ride. The at syphilis the... tsunami. Yeah. <laughs> you make a ride at syphilis tsunami, a left at the condom uh, Ave, mm-hmm. and then I'm on uh, Larrabee, which is in between LA buns. Yeah. So nasty. That hot dog place. <laughs> I was there I the go. other day. With my dog Lois, <laughs> and I'm in line waiting to get a turkey burger, avocado, a little pico de gallo on it, and I'm literally about to order. And the two guys behind me are like, "Hey, Bill, I can't bottom for you tonight." And Bill's like, "Why?" This is not a bit because <laughs> he's eating LA buns, right? And Bill's like, "Why not?" And the other guy's like, "I got really bad diarrhea," <laughs> and I literally changed my order to a diet Pepsi. <laughs> Now I take offense to that because really? I have to, I have to hear about fucking vaginas and big fat fat filled milk filled tits all day. Oh, I love and that. I have to see them in movies and I have to watch Game of Thrones and all I see is tits and no dick. I uh, listen, poops just part of gay sex. No, listen, and we've got we got it timed out. You got to time it out, and you prep it. You got how do you prep it? You got an attachment on your shower that goes up your butt. I do that. You. Do- <laughs> You don't do it. No, I do it. You got to do shit. Yeah. But let me ask you this. Like, now that goes up your butt. You don't just do the hole. Oh, I don't do that. You fill your butt until you feel like you're going to explode, and then you sit on the toilet. That's how you prep for sex. Well, I've only had anal sex once. Uh, given. <laughs> I'm 405 North back there. No well, southbound. The, the women in the porn you're watching are doing the same. I don't watch porn. Oh. I just imagination only. I I don't watch porn because of the close-ups. Oh, like first of all, best part women to me are the most beautiful creation ever. Like a naked female body is like awesome. A guy, not so much. Even like you and I have great bodies, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you know when our dicks are soft, it's it's not the most appealing thing to look at. Yeah, you want a half, you want a chub. At least a half chub. Chub, yeah. Uh, you want it swinging. Right. Uh, you know, a flaccid dong, is, you know, it, it's not unattractive, but it's like, all right, it's flaccid dong. Uh, but, you know, like I have a 75-inch TV. Yeah, I saw. High def. Oh, that close-ups here are a lot. And like, oh, a girl's private parts after being porked by Mandingo. Oh my god! I agree. So nasty. I agree. Uh, and their butts. They so that's why. Get, I yeah, they got they pimples. Call, it's so pink. Everything's so pink. Stretch marks. I got to look at some black guys' dong. I got a pretty big. Dick. I always. I'm a, I always say that. I think um, heterosexual men have. I, I always think it's interesting that I'll watch porn all the time and, the, and there's no woman and I, maybe I'll watch a gangbang with one woman and she better be nondescript and Asian and yeah. it has, she has to be outnumbered by five or six guys and those guys have to accidentally touch each other or try to get that thigh on, you right. know, and they're doubled and it's all, you know, like a little game but then their balls touch and then that's where I come. That's anyway, oh. but other than that, oh. I don't never have to watch women but in the porn you're watching, they're generally getting fucked. You have to see naked men all the time. But I mean, like, I, I like I got a pretty big dong. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Um, hello. Um, They're gonna end on that. There's an open micer. I haven't seen him. He might have died. He had the best gay joke. Where he was pretty bad comic, but 
he'd go up uh usually during potluck at the comedy store which is like the amateur uh you know part of the monday night show and he's like and he's real over the top gay uh you know they say one out of every four guys is gay and then he'd point to the crowd he'd go one two three surprise <laughs> who is this tony falcone oh yeah old school gay mm-hmm. guy. uh so i don't like watching porn <laughs> but i must i know you gotta go but i must tell you this have you ever been to the studs theater can you fucking believe i haven't and that's so up my alley and i have i can't believe it do you take a girl there i did uh-huh as a female comic i had a really good set at the comedy store uh so i felt like really um empowered fork yeah well like uh so i said to my friend hey you want to go to studs theater i've never been i just i have to go once yes so we go it's about friday night it's about maybe one in the morning i think this is going to be like high tide in malibu mm-hmm. uh it's more, of a, it's more of a lunch spot oh but so, go ahead so nasty <laughs> so we go in there it, instantly i'm hit with the uh, just the overpowering Stink. smell of bleach yeah and it's a long hallway you have to walk through and this mexican guy's like how many in your party and it's literally me and this girl in a hundred foot hallway i'm like well uh two <laughs> and he's like the kids are coming up the yeah. stairs <laughs> will that be cash or charge oh i'm like are you out of your fucking mind yeah. <laughs> you think i'm gonna have mastercard when uh. i was at the jack off theater so he's like, it's 20 bucks, but because you seem cool, it's 15. Wow. So 30 bucks cash. He's like, well, uh, do you have any questions? I'm like, yeah, where's the straight room? And he's like, well, nobody goes up there. I'm like, well, well there just- was one. There is. Wow. And he's like, well, it's up the stairs to the right. So Four we go seats. up there. <laughs> There's literally nobody in there. Of course. They're not even playing porn. They're playing <laughs> just- old episode of miami vice yep uh-huh that's right so we go back down pretty fast after he's like see i told you i think i know what you guys want i'm like i don't think you do <laughs> you want the tranny room oh so we make a left it was standing room only what first thing i see it is an older guy in the front row not pants around his ankles, pants in the corner. Pants in the corner. Jacking off like a madman. Oh, the best. A guy. <laughs> and what's on the screen? A, a pretty impressive film uh, of a tranny porn. Guy fucking a, a or girl, being fucked by a, by a girl who's a guy. A she, a or, she well, male. You know, a she male. Two she males. Great. Uh, I mean, the guy's dick on a big screen looked like the opening shot of Star Wars where that Star Destroyer is <laughs> yep. coming. It's like, geez, <laughs> this guy's balls coming into the shot. Two aisles behind the older guy jacking off was a tranny, I believe, uh, blowing an older gentleman. And then the whole back row was just an endless amount of dudes, not jacking off, but grabbing their junk, yeah. just squeezing. Just like, nubbin, nubbin. 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 And then, nubbing, every, nubbing. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm nubbing now, people. So we watched, <laughs> and me and this girl start walking around. It's got a very eyes wide shut vibe. Like people are looking at each other, but not really. Like they're looking, but not looking. And then everyone started to come up to us because I was the only guy in here with a girl. Like, hey, do you guys swing? I'm like, All your gay guys sound the same. <laughs> I know. I'm not good at impressions. <laughs> they're pretty good. I do one impression, legit impression. 
of the Indian from Predator, and this podcast is dedicated. You'd think being a comic, I would dedicate this podcast to Dick Gregory and Jerry Lewis, two legends in the comedy world we've lost. I'm dedicating episode 186 with Mr. Gorino <laughs> to the great actor we lost this week. Some of you may know him as Billy Bear from 48 Hours. Ugh. Some of you may know him as the cop from the movie The Warriors or the Indian sensei from Best of the Best 2. How about none of those? May we have <laughs> five seconds of silence. First time I've ever asked for silence on Inappropriate Earl. For the Indian from Predator, the great Sonny Landham. It's the only impression I do. I was nubbing during that. No, I want to do one scene before. That was the impression? No, 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 no. Oh, I thought the silence was. I want to do a a great scene from Predator. Please. That's the one with the Rastafarian alien in the woods. Who died of AIDS. What? And the real life predator. First of all, John Claude Van Damme was the predator for God. two days. Okay, I don't know. I've so, never seen it. Uh, it's really a great it's it's kind of almost it's not a gay themed movie, but it's it's such a macho over the top movie because there's one girl in it and then seven just buff, buff burly dudes. It. Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, uh Shane Black, who wrote it, I mean, mm-hmm. he's probably the least manly of the bunch. Uh, I'll have to watch it. But there's, a, I think you would like it. Uh, it's not a, I don't know if it's a gay-friendly movie, but I, I think <laughs> I think it's popular in the gay community because just the good-looking guys that were in it. Um, okay. So here's the scene we're going to do. I'm the Indian. And since you don't know who Sonny Landon was, it's a dead-on impression. Great. We're going to do, your line is, Billy... You know something. Then I do my line. And then after that, you go, you ain't afraid of no man. Okay. You got it? Billy, you know something. All right. So since me and Steven are like, we're legit actors. I mean, yeah, I trained at Florida State, so get ready. He was in the groundlings. I got kicked out because my teacher, Sean Hogan, was bitter. Don't get mad at me. I didn't ruin your dreams. (laughs) Dick. Uh, sorry, Sean, if you're out there listening. Sound, speed, background, rolling, action. Billy, you know something. I'm scared, Poncho. There's something out there. It's hunting us. You ain't afraid of no man. There's something out there. We're all going to die. That's Sonny Landham and Predator. (laughs) Fantastic. Richard Richard Chavez has, I forget his name in Predator, but. uh, Well, when uh, you say Indian, you mean Native American. Native, yeah, I know. It's a wild wild world. (laughs) Not Cleveland Indian. I was ready for like you to do a a poo on Simpsons. uh, There we are. All right. So come over here. All right, so we're going to take a look at it, and I'm going to tell you like where you stand. Right. Now, first of all, where can, app world. where can people find you on Twitter? I am Stephen G with a PH, and that's the same for Instagram and, and uh, Facebook. So please follow uh, Stephen Guarino. 
Perfect. You say it perfect. He's a great dude. Super talented. I mean, just this guy's talent. He's already got like four things in the post. <laughs> Ho- hopefully we're on I'm Dying Up Here season two. Uh, Fingers crossed. Writers are working on it. Yeah. Sets haven't been taken down. That's a good sign. Is that but, true? Uh, that's what I heard. Oh, really? Hmm. Uh, and I thought they left yeah, the billboards summer. up for a long time. They sure did. Which is a good sign. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm being honest. This is like probably the best credit I've ever had. So I'm I'm holding on to. I agree. But I Same must for me. give a shout out to Jeff Ross and Brian Moses for running Roast Battle because that's where they saw me. So if not for Roast Battle, I wouldn't be having Steven on my couch. So but I'm now this is a uh, audio only podcast. So right now I'm going to show Steven my dick pic <laughs> and he's going to tell me how I would do on like, uh, I guess, grinder scruff. Yeah. Okay. Recon. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here's the reveal. Now, don't hold back. If you think it's a small dick, you think I have a, a gut, whatever. <laughs> Doing comedy for 18 years. Yeah. I, my, this is no holds barred. I got it. I'm going to be straight up with you. I've lost my feeling. And uh, rest in peace, Kevin Peter Hall, the predator, died of AIDS from a blood transfusion. This, you should just call this um, episode AIDS. Got AIDS. AIDS. <laughs> got AIDS? The new billboard on Sam and Sam. Got AIDS? Uh, visual aids. I got hit in the head with a film projector. <laughs> hey, <Hey-o. laughs> give me all the dick. All right. One, two, two, three. Give it to me. <laughs> you have a sick fucking body. Oh my God. That's about 60% hard. That that's not fully hard. No. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, j- ladies, uh, let's, well, let's start at the top. The face, part of the face, you are so much more handsome than this face pic. Well, you know, I, I, I'm a one-man yeah. photographer. Yeah, you don't understand lighting. You, the, your face looks like uh, a good... Give it it, it's, you just, this, you look so much younger than the face what? looks right there. Guys, as we go down, very well-defined chest, the nice right amount of pink in the nipple. Not too pink, but not brown. <laughs> that makes sense? That, Well-developed chest, unbelievable abs. The right treasure trail. This is perfect treasure trail going past your belly button. Belly button is asymmetrical. It's sort of sad to one side. Uh, yeah. That's not your fault. It's mom and dad. Equinox can't help that. <laughs> then legitimate cum gutters, guys. This is where the cum runs off. After you come on your stomach, the cum runs down and goes over your butt. So that's good. And uh, a little vascular for my taste, the thighs. Your veins are popping out. This is a lot of working out. I think maybe lean. Now we get to the good stuff. Nice trimmed pubes, Absolutely. Santino style. Oh, cropped. Nice. But Santino takes good care of his pubes. Then a big, beautiful honking dick. Now here's the good news. You don't want the, you don't want the dick to be nestled within the balls. So you have big balls, but the balls are not lower than the dick. Right. This is, this is good news, but they come, the balls come just under the head of the dick which is a quality uh, place to be. <laughs> right. So this puts most of the weight in the head of your cock. You have no visible circumcision scars no. and no bicolored dick. No. You know, this is very good. Um, it's <laughs> thick and it's long and it hangs well. And this is not hard. That's about 60%. That's about 60%. This is a very good dick. I would just cut your head off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if this doesn't get I'm dying up here a second season. 
I don't know what will. Well, there you go. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Steven Garino. Uh, please follow this man. Uh, and like I said, I'm genuinely uh, psyched that he came here. Because uh, I know, you know, it's a schlub to come to my house and do this. Uh, yeah, I walked over four blocks. Yeah. I mean, so Santino, if you're listening, you can rebut any of uh, <laughs> Steven's uh, outrageous claims about your pubic region. Uh but uh, thank you to Showtime, Michael Aguilar, David Flabot, Flabot, uh, Christina Wayne, Jim Carrey. Oh, I mean, uh, David Nevins, Al Madrigal, uh, Andrew Santino, Eric Griffin, RJ, uh, Jake Lacey, Ari, uh, Ari, uh, Clark Duke, Michael Agarano. I mean, it's like such an amazing rick overton uh richard kind uh uh <laughs> dylan baker who ginger like, gonzaga i mean literally you could just go on and on and and you know i don't know about you this was my first like big series there wasn't one dick on this show but there is one dick oh absolutely in this room <laughs> well i'm sure rj could top that i mean come on <laughs> But like, that's it, not always true. But it was an honor to uh, work. I mean, it's just, usually there's at least one or two dicks on a show. You're working on a show this magnitude, a hundred people, Doctor Ken, you know, hundred staffers. Uh, so hopefully, I'm dying up here comes back because uh, I would love to. I have a, a, a gay <laughs> scene I'd like to do with Stephen, where Al Sims is so bitter about his uh, wife leaving him that he just goes to the other side. So Jim Carrey, if you're out there. Like to have you yeah. on the podcast. We'll talk about once bitten you and Cleavon Little. <laughs> oh. That I know. Cleavon Little, he was the real deal. <laughs> Sheriff and uh, what a Saddles. wealth of useless knowledge. But there's another guy who I think was gay in real life, Cleavon Little. I don't know, uh, but like looking back, when you watch Once Bitten, you're like, oh, he's really uh, there's something special about him. He's not Festive. just acting. Mm. So I love Cleavon Little. Rest in peace. And uh, Lauren Hutton. Oh, what a babe. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl Teagues and Laurel Hutton. I sprayed a lot to you, girl. To Cheryl Teagues and Sean Astin. Yeah, absolutely. Sean Astin, if you're watching, I loved you in 24. Maybe we could reenact a fantasy with you and Mr. G. Whatever. Uh, no judgments. <laughs> uh, this has been Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, you know, I do my best to bring you uh, quality interviews. So uh, leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next time. Season two. Yeah.